to the Daily Regrounding Podcast, a space where together we can step into and steep in the natural world around us. Through interviews with experts in life, health, and business, as well as some solo regrounding riffs, we'll create mindful moments and deep breaths, allow for perspective and pause, and ultimately feel more connected and deeply content. I am your host, Meredith Ewanson. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am looking forward to this chat. We've already been chatting and finally had to just pause and actually record. I'm chatting today with Jen Guhan, who is someone that I've known now for um, a few months. We're actually in a mastermind together. And she is a conduit for design. She does intuitive design work. She um, has a background in marketing similar to me. So I feel like we connect on a lot of these different experiences that we've had in, um, in marketing, in design, in business, and then really this sort of shift in evolution into like, well, what does that look like for me? You know, what does that look like personally um, for me? So we're going to chat about all of that today. And I'm so excited to have you, Jen. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Meredith and I have been exchanging very long voice notes for the last couple of months and just exploring. And I'm super stoked now that we get a really long voice note called a potty. So yes. thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it's about time. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Okay, so tell me your story with marketing and design. Give us a little bit of background from, you know, the beginning-ish, what your background is, and how this sort of transition has happened, because I really want to dig into the work that you're doing now, because my feeling and what I know, because I know you, but also my feeling is the energy of what you're doing is really different. And maybe some of the practicality of what you're doing is different, like the actual things you're producing are different, but for the most part, it's really like the energy behind what you're creating. So your background in, in marketing and design. Wow, it's it's a long one. I suppose I've been in marketing and design for like 12 years. So uh, as you can hear, I'm South African. I'm originally from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and I studied um, a BCom and a BA in brand and communication. So very specifically in advertising. Um, <clears throat> and I had the great opportunity of working with some beautiful brands. So I graduated got everything um, in art direction, you know, really wanted to go down the path. And then as a pure kind of, you know, in, in human design manifesting generator, I just started dipping my fingers in every avenue of advertising. And so I went into social media before social media was even a thing, like tweeting from planes, going on like swimsuit edition um for cosmopolitan shoots, you know, and tweeting all about that before all of this, the digital world started evolving and was very um, clunky, but it was so much fun to start doing it and then moved more into um, account management and strategy. So really laying the bones of brands and then moving into production. So when the digital content world started exploding with, you know, we're not going to do television commercials anymore, we're going to move it over to digital. um, It was amazing. But what the kind of thread between all of it was I was just never happy in that 
I always felt that there was just a core element of soul missing for me. It was always kind of, you know, that mad men, uh, toxic masculinity in marketing, um, always trying to climb your way to the top with the highest salary or finding your way into a position. Um, if anyone knows marketing and, and design, it's like it's a very cutthroat industry. And when I fell pregnant with my first daughter, um, I really started to unravel and go, this isn't for me. I just want to support people, you know, differently. So maybe I'm going to try coaching. So I then decided to have my hand at app development in gaming for an American casino game. And I thought, okay, cool. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) Everything ethically, not what I'm for Um, going into the innovation team. And I suppose I started to pick up these like small little parts of my story of like innovation, creativity. And then I kind of came to a halt because every time I stepped into the industry into a place of leadership, my salary used to get questioned by the man that used to be leading. Mm. So there was this unsafety in my body that making money and being creative just did not go together. And ethically, it's always going to feel really shitty. And so I just started going, okay, well, I'm just going to back myself into a corner and just potentially just do human design for a couple of years, for two years, and which I loved. I was like, I love designing my websites and all the creative elements. I was like, yeah, this, this is total alignment. But in inverted commas, it really wasn't. I struggled to get clients. I just like, I'm a really good reader, but um, it just was not evolving the way in which the pace I wanted it to. So there was a lot of denying of my creative self and the, the industry, so to speak. I was like, I'm done with the industry um, until the mastermind that I'm in with, with you, the unraveling started to happen that I had such an attachment still to my creativity and designing things. And I had to really feel into that. And that was when, um, Brittany Eastman asked me to do her designs. And I was like, well, what makes me different from a designer that you pick up, you know, on, on a website or what makes me different to an agency? To be honest, it's because I care and I step into the field of your creation. And what do I mean by that? I'm not just taking down notes and going, okay, cool. This is your strategy. This is your deadline. These are the colors you don't like. Um, This is really trendy. Those are things that I don't, I I consider them as a framework 100% because of all the background experience I have that comes so naturally for me. But we're missing the encoding the frequency, the energy of when we create something, you can really feel it. Like, you know, when you go and get like an intuitive tattoo design or you you ask someone to read your cards for you, like there's an energetic exchange in that. And that's what got me excited was stepping into the field of someone's creative entity and asking that entity to sit next to me and tell me how she wants to be presented to the world why she wants to be presented to the world. So when I work with people, I'm not one of these people that are like, come just slap dash, do this for me. I'm like, no, I don't do it that way. If you want, go to a big agency that's willing to do that. And let me like, that's, you know, do that. If you, that's what you want. But if you want to, your audience to really feel the frequency and the energy behind your creations back in the visual realm, then you're for me. So it was a big jump. I had to really find safety in my art again. 
And I'm just so grateful because it's been, you know, when they say you're when you're in alignment, you really have to be prepared to be in alignment because you just don't know how big the snowball effect is going to be. Like I launched my agency on the 27th of January and I'm almost fully booked out. It's not even like a month. I am so not surprised, (laughs) but I am, I, I am just so inspired by your journey. And I feel like in so many ways, I see a lot of myself in that, um, just sort of the really following your curiosity and your interest. And if something's not working, shifting, um, and pivoting and sort of looking and trying new things and learning and growing. And what was coming up for me as I was just listening to your story there was trust. And I feel like, um, like you really throughout this whole process from probably the last decade or so till now have really trusted yourself, even when you might've doubted certain things and experiences that were happening, like trust, um, in your vision and your art and your creativity kind of was always there. And I feel like when now that you've sort of really um, stepped into or settled into your your true work, how do you trust that um, that like the energetics are going to support the work you're doing? Like like you said, you can someone can just go to an agency and get the boxes checked. Okay, here's your logo. Okay, here's your website. You know, and that's different from what you do, which is really step into the field, as you say, and be a conduit for the design that is meant to come through for that entity, for that business. And it has, you know, your part of that process. How do you trust that um, the energetics are going to support that for you and for them and for the client? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that is such a great question. And I think there's so many times that I haven't trusted myself and done a design and known from not trusting myself that the client was like, this is, this is not for me. So there's that complete opposite of not trusting myself and not following my intuition and going with what feels, you know, feels correct in a politically correct, you know, manner. For me, it's like, I really feel it in the depth and I've never had and you know this is I'm only in the beginning stages every time I've gone into the field of someone's creation the colors come through everything comes through and someone will just be like literally this is what I've visioned and you've put it in to a visual format Mm -hmm. and you know this is not about stroking my ego or anything because I'm 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 not involved in the process I am just the vehicle in which I'm being used so there's this trust in energetic exchange and you know I've done Reiki I've worked with body work all that sort of stuff so like you look at human design you've got to trust energy to do what it needs to do and then I've seen you know people's stuff sell out because the design's beautiful but I'm like they're feeling more than that it's like as Brittany Eastman would say it's the attractive field and the attractive field's not only the copy it's also the creative Mm. So, um, yeah, the, the element of trust hasn't always been there, but I feel so supported by the realm of possibility and creativity that how could I not trust it? Mm. I love that you identified there that like, it's not because of you, Jen, 
that that creation is able to be made. Sure, you're the conduit. It comes through you. It filters through your energetics and your vision and your creativity and whatever else, you know, the frequency that you might be infusing it with. But I think you hit, that's where you hit it is that you're trusting that the entity wants to come alive. You're not trusting that you as Jen are capable. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, you are because you know you are capable, but you're, it's not a question of, um, am I able to create this for this person? It's, am I present here in the space to receive what needs to come through for this creation? So, and I, I totally resonate with that because when I write and when I create meditations for people, they really are like not missions separate from me. And I, and when I, the more I do them and the more I experience it, the more I feel them as separate in a sense that there just really is no ego attachment or attachment to, is this good enough? Do I need to keep editing it? Is that word correct? What are they going to think of this? It, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that that just isn't how it works. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I just love that you've just said like it's it's totally that there's no ego involved and you literally and I'm not saying you're like a flat you, you're not an open door either right so energetically there's boundaries for this entity in that I'm, re- I'm recently working on someone's stuff and like I've been dreaming the colors came through me in a, in a dream like a lucid dream and I wanted to get up and do it, but I just knew, like, I've got a nine-month-old as well. It's like, is this going to be the most nourishing choice for me as the conduit? And will the, will I be doing it the most um, justice or creative flair if I get up at one o'clock in the morning and start doing this? You know, it's I, I kind of have to ask the entity, you know what, I, I'm going I'm to screenshot that. I'm going to give you the time when we are ready to be together. And I'm so thankful. Like I always thank the entity. Thank you for bringing that through, you know, like always feeling you're welcome here, but I need to be prepared to receive you fully because, you know, big vision, like I'm working with big visionary women, like they're not small visions and um, I'm not prepared for them to wake me up in the middle of the night, although they they do. Um, Yeah. There's no ego involved. Yeah, that's so funny you say that because I've had people's meditations wake me up in the middle of the night and I have actually gotten up at like three in the morning, gone to my computer, typed it out like it was just like a complete beginning and download and then gone back to sleep. But it does happen sometimes. um, And I think actually one of the practices that I've developed over, you know, the past number of months um, or even year kind of is because of that is waking up for sunrise. So I get up for sunrise every morning and get up. I mean, the sunrise is at different times every morning. So right now I get up at like five 30, I get to the beach by six. And the reason I feel so drawn to doing that is because really early in the morning is when my creativity and when I it is most expansive and when I'm most receptive and when I feel most connected, it's, early in the morning when I have space and when I'm in nature. So it's sort of um, like was just pulling on me for a long time. Like I always have been someone who woke up early. I've, you know, that's, that's not that different for me, but I remember 
probably around this time last year, I would be, you know, up pretty early in my yoga room. And that's where I can see kind of glimpses of the sunrise. And I'd be like, day after day, why am I not at the beach really looking at the sunrise? Like, why am I in here in this room? Like I could be, I could be really steeping in this and enjoying this. And I really felt called to do it. And I really think it's because, um, that's where my energy is most attuned is really early in the morning. And I actually don't feel like I've woken up as much in the middle of the night with ideas and stuff, because like you said, you kind of have that communication, if you will, with your creativity that you're like, you know, I'm going to be there at six in the morning ready for you. You know what I mean? Or in your case, whatever the time might be during the day that you're sitting down to enter the field of that creation, you know, that's just what, what my process looks like, which is similar, but different to yours. And I just really, um, I don't think I ever really quite put that together that my really intense and committed draw to being awake and in nature for, for sunrise is really because that's where my creativity thrives. And that's what I want to be connected to first thing in the morning. That's what I want to be connected to as often as possible, you know, you know, being committed to the creative your creative source is it's going to keep coming, right? Like when you show up and you're committed, that's when the the creativity will constantly flow. Like there's that, like I said, creativity is limitless. And when you plug into someone else's field as well, that's like even more limitless. So um, back in the day, I used to really go, oh shit, like that's a fleeting idea. I've got to write that down. You know, almost like fear that creativity is never going to see me again or that I, that I'm never going to have a good idea again, you know? So um, just really getting that tr- self-trust piece of I trust myself and the field and the possibility of receiving any idea in any form and that I don't have to ever worry about the tank emptying. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's just am I ready to be devoted to my creativity to receive it, to, for it to land in my field? And for you Um, to be in a space where you are always ready and open and have the capacity to receive that creativity, do you have any practices or things that you do so that you are like tuned to that space? I very much love venturing into the world of breath work. Like it's been brilliant for me for centering the body. Like I also think anything that is rattling my service um, service system my nervous system really needs to be cleared before I can move into just a very um, neutral space you know if I'm super emotional about something or really angry or something I do find it very hard to connect to the field of the creation and um, you know my daughter is also such a brilliant like her and I just playing it's really wonderful to just be with her in play plays really help me bring out certain creative aspects but um you know it's it's also the beach I go to the beach in the morning as well just for a walk and a and a and a think but uh, the breath work has been really important for me to just clear it all out and then receive and tune and um I also do a lot of anger release work like somatic work like that that um helps me because being a manifesting generator and being a mom and being a creative I'm like a, I'm like a walking frustration bomb. Like there'll be a time, like, again, like I said, with it creatively, I can't let it come in, like rattle me because I'm just, will get so frustrated with my family because I'm not a single 
um, backpacker anymore. I'm literally this mom of two girls and I have to show them that I can be creative at any time, but there is an element of anger that I have to deal with if there's a frustration that needs to come out. And that once the release is done in the somatic practice and the breath work, like I enter the field quite easily. I've been really lucky to have that. Mm, That's amazing. And I really do think that um, embodying some sort of practice of your own that brings you just into your, just grounding into yourself and, and just really feeling um, more clear is so important. I mean, I completely agree with you. If I'm distracted or angry or emotional, like I'm not going to be creative. And that's why I feel like it's often that removing myself from the computer and being in nature is so helpful for me. It's almost like I'm just zapped right into that funnel of inspiration because I don't have the inputs. I don't have the opinions. I don't have the judgments or self judgments looking at other things. You know what I mean? It's like just removing from, you know, quote working is sometimes the best way to be prepared to bring something into fruition. The cart for nature as ceremony is open. You guys, when I tell you that I have been dreaming up this space and this program for over a year, I tell you, I mean it. And I am so excited to offer it starting April 6th. It's a four-week live gathering for visionaries and creatives. It's an inward retreat to bring your genius into fruition by regrounding into your true nature. And I like to think of it as a cocoon to nurture your creativity. It'll be a ceremonial container where solitude and slowness are celebrated. And it's a seasonal space this spring to commune with nature to receive your clearest, most connected creative downloads. And in union with an intimate community who values the same. I invite you to join me for nature ceremony. The cart closes Thursday, March 31st, and you can learn more at meredithewinson.com slash nature as ceremony. Totally. A little bit of a left field thought was um, connecting to the field of people's creations when they are not connected to the field is very hard for me. Ooh, so talk about um, that. Yeah. So for instance, like uh, one of my clients, we were super into this one idea. And let me, let me tell you, I'd rather a client be not certain about it and we chat it out. Um, because I feel that I was really plugged into this creative field and then I felt like, like a wall. And I knew energetically I was clear. I knew, you know, and I remember chatting to her and we were just going into, she's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to offer that anymore. And I was like, cool, like, great. So that is why I need to work with women or men or, you know, like who are so certain on their vision and have received it. Because if you have not anchored in what you want and you might not know what it looks like 3D, but you know, that feeling you've anchored it in your body and it's sitting with you. That's why you, you know, in, um, communicating with me. But if you don't have that and you ask me to enter into the field, I can't. It's literally like Reiki or asking for a healer, the healer's permission to enter to, to heal you. Like it's a wall. And that was really interesting for me. 
Yeah. And that is a question that I had is um, how, like, how exactly do you work with clients and how do you vet them too? Because I'm sure there's some clients that are really clearly and beautifully misaligned (laughs) for you. And maybe they won't be attracted to you. You know, maybe those who do resonate with the way that you work and, you know, what you offer, obviously are going to be the ones that come to you, but how do you vet that not only the right clients are coming to you, but also that they're in the right space to be prepared for you? Or do you help them with that process? That is such a good question. I think I'm beginning out now. I'm really, really experiencing that in in like real time. So yeah, being a manifesting generator and not to go into human design too much, I do trust my sacral a lot. Like I do get that intuitive hit that person's not really aligned. Um, And what I also vetted as, do they understand what the field is? Do they understand quantum physics? Like there's a lot of jargon that I will use within even my attractor fields of explaining what I do. And some, a lot of people will get it and 90% will not get it. And that's what I'm here to do. Like, I think I'm not here. um, Obviously I'm here to create context for people for understanding, but I'm working with people in the realm that are already in the realm. Right. Mm. And um, how I do that is I have something called a bonfire session. So a lot of my, uh, my creative is, is around, you know, this whole feeling of being at the bonfire together and wild folk creative and just discussing the vision. And so what I do is we anchor into a meeting at the bonfire together. We go into the field. Like I literally take you through a ceremony and a journey online together and we walk through it all. We imagine it. We, we receive together. We sit at the fire together. Um, we ask your entity to come in. So there's quite a big ceremony around it. And either you'll love it in a discovery call or you'll fucking hate it and think I'm uh, completely out the window, you know? And that's how I bet you. I'm that's how I bet you. Yes, I think that sounds so incredible. Yeah, and of course you do. Yeah. You fires in the wild, like real time, which I wish I could do. That is so beautiful. I just literally felt like I was getting chills just for the reverence and the respect that it sounds like you bring first and foremost to the client um, and for their entity. And even I I imagine some of the clients that come to you, yes, they love and they respect and have reverence for their own entities, but they might, they might overlook it. You know, sometimes it takes backing, getting a little perspective and taking that time to sit around the bonfire with you as their guide to be able to kind of show them what they have is beautiful, whatever that might look like. And it's beautiful because, you know, we ask your entity to come in and we tell her to walk in. What is she wearing? What does she smell like? We're anchoring all Mm. the smells, the tastes, everything like, and we really bring her in. And I've had clients cry because they're like, it's like the first time meeting her properly, or it's like a soul sister. I'm really like, I've known her, but now I can really feel her. Um, and I get so excited about bonfire sessions. Like I just, it just blows my mind. And I feel like when you are able to connect with the, and we know this from all the work that we've done and, you know, everything with our mastermind and just all the unraveling and unearthing and getting to the base of it. Like, I feel like that's really what you're doing with each of your clients. And I think 
it's, it's that essence that they feel in that first bonfire session that they can then reconnect into every time they want to enter the field of their creation with, you know, whatever new things that they might want to create with it. Um, so I feel like that's so powerful. Yeah, I actually give you a recorded meditation so that at the with going through the bonfire and at the very end, there's a line that I say that if there is ever a feeling of distance, may I meet you at the bonfire? Uh, and um, this whole meditation that we have, if you ever feel disconnected, and I always ask clients when they receive cre- the creative from me to re-listen to the bonfire session to then anchor in and then receive the the creative and see mm-hmm. if it's if they both speak to each other. Oh, oh my God, I love this <laughs> so much. So, um, so I just love this because you really marry together the energetic and the spiritual with the 3d concrete action, tangible items, logos, what, you know, things like that. So how do you, like, how do you kind of balance between the two of those? Is it just sort of intuitive or do you have any certain things that you do to sort of keep a good balance between the two? So you don't, it's not too much, in the, yeah. in the 5D and not like in the 3D, you know. Totally. I'm not putting like a splurge of like the galaxy on a page and just putting takes. No, I'm not. A, I'm, you know, I do follow all the kind of the things that I've studied, you know, design yeah. rules, using all of the right um, programs, yeah. um, hierarchy, there's, you know, color palettes, complementary color, like all the kind of ways in which we would usually um, work in, in the three framework but yes I do follow it intuitively I do discuss with clients like normal questions like what colors do you fucking hate you know like yeah. what is going to repulse you what is what is your entity not what is you know like there is those common questions what's your timeline like you know can't you know can't pull it out my ass in three days when I'm trying to connect and then there will be also times like there is small work where I actually love the person that I'm working with and they're like really need you to create this beautiful document of which I froth I love documents but um you know I also play in the realm of production like I love being a producer I've produced for many for about three or four years and storytelling is my jam and that is a transmission but I still have to apply call sheets how do you create you know the right photographers costing so there's a lot of normal everyday stuff that is in my toolkit and I've had to trust that my toolkit was you know building itself then now adding the intuitive because I was always like oh my gosh how do I marry these two my intuitive spiritual side and my really big frothful like production Mm. and creativity yeah so how does what tell me a little bit more about the feeling that you feel now with the way you're doing the work now versus, you know, previously in this quote, same body of work. Tell me about that feeling and tell me about the feeling now. Oh my goodness. It's, 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 I can't even, it's such a great question, Meredith. I feel like you couldn't even compare them to the same industry in a way that I've done it, it's like, I wrote a post recently about like, what happens if it was in the industry? What happens if you had just had to disrupt it? And I don't know why I didn't see it for so long that this was the path. And there's just such a hunger and a joy and a radical reverence for my, for the creativity of these entities versus 
the hard hustle, the strategy, the nine to five, the climbing the ladder. So it's like a very satisfied nervous system with the excitement buzz of just receiving from the, from, from the universe. And the other side was just felt like we never, I'm never going to have enough ideas. I'm always going to be exhausted. It's just so undernourished that I just feel so nourished. And all the women that are coming into my field is just, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Where there you're like, who's going to notice me? Who's going to see me? Like, will I be noticed by this production company? You know, there was all these big questions and so unseen. But yeah, I feel so celebrated for the innovative piece I'm bringing to an industry that is hungry for change and hungry for care, for, for bringing businesses. Because like this whole industry don't fucking care. Like they're like rolling the next one, put in the timeline. You know, it's it's all about how many retainers can we put together? How much, how high can we cost this television commercial? And not to say that reciprocity is not part of my language. Of course, like being a conduit is now energetically more than sitting at a nine to five desk just designing a logo so um but this for me the feeling is just unmatched it's I'm still trying to put words to it because it's very out of body for me at the moment it's just it's been incredible what do you love most about the work that you do now oh goodness um just the most incredible drop-ins from the field where I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so left field, literally. And then moving it into the design and then seeing it and actually just crying because I'm like, I feel the energy of this entity. And then seeing it, obviously, in its format, I'm like, shit, that's a really good design. <laughs> and then, you know, giving it to my clients who's like, I literally have worked with so many designers and agencies. And they just did not get my vision. And that's something about me as well. I will never, ever tell someone I get their vision when I don't. I will always be in integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in too many agencies bullshitting clients for too many years. And I'm just like, it's not, not what I do anymore. So when you feel like you don't have someone's vision completely, do you just ask more questions um, or how, what does that look like when you feel, hmm, okay, uh, this, this is the right client for me, uh, like, but I don't feel like I totally am connected to their vision. Like, what is that more work for you on kind of your personal end to kind of step back and step into your own um, practice to receive? Or is it asking them questions or both? It's, I think it's a combination of both. I think, um, you know, I've had a client where I actually manifested this particular client's um, vertical, I suppose. I can't mention anything because it was quite confidential. But um, I manifested them and then I met the clients and I was like, wow, like they're not, they weren't super spiritual or anything like that. And I was like, mm, is this the type of client I really want to work with? And then I stepped back and I was like, I'm not always working with the client. The creative entities come to me. I've yeah. manifested this creative entity because it's this particular one that I really wanted to do. And, you know, sometimes there's this wild way of bringing you the client that doesn't have the spiritual vision, but still is anchored in the 3D of being able to support it financially and push it where it really wants to go. That's why it's chosen me because I get it. And the client might not get it right now, but I, I, you know, so it's the 
sometimes I'll connect with the clients. Sometimes I'll connect with the vision of mm. the entity. Trust. And um, yeah, it's the trust, right? So, and also having emotional authority and human design, I have to have the high and the low to feel the clarity of something. So I have to go through the full spectrum of emotions and take it out sometimes where, oh, I'm so excited to work on this. I manifested this and then being like, shit, like that is a lot to do. I'm like, will the client get me? Did it? And then coming back up and going, no, I'm the conduit for creation. Mm. And then the downloads start happening. And that's when I know when I'm receiving downloads of the vision for, for the entity that I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. What a good feeling. That's, that is so cool. Yeah. And I think, it, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I think it comes back to trust. You trust that the downloads you're getting, the, what you're intending to manifest or what manifests for you is, is in alignment and it's just your job to move with it, you know, and listen. Right. So social media and the power of community, how have these influenced your business? Oh my gosh. Incredibly like, yeah, it's so funny. It's such a great, great question. Um, my whole business is built, built on word of mouth. It's incredible. You know, you have one, and this is what the power of, you know, knowing your fractal line is like, you know, you know, you have one person who will share who's really incredibly good at networking and then their people will share and, you know, it's just, it almost snowballs where social media has been the most incredible tool for my business because I haven't showcased a lot, but the communication and the talking and the receiving of, of people and then also making friends with people that, you know, like, I don't mean to use Brittany Eastman again, but I actually originally went into her human design course, didn't know a thing about her. And I remember intuitively the universe telling me she's going to be one of your best friends. Like she's going to be a really close friend. And I was like, this chick that I've just bought this random human design course, she lives in New Zealand, like whatever, you know? And then, um, uh, yeah, like a year later, she's like, I'm moving to Perth. That's where I'm currently. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, no, no, we'll meet up, whatever. And they came, they came over here and they're still pretty distant. And then I don't know what happened, but a whole lot of us just became really close friends. And now this, the girl, like her, her kids are good friends with my kids and we had babies at similar times. And this, like the fractal line just started to be created all from social media. I received one of my closest friends. So, yeah, it's one person shares you trust that you follow the intuition this friend's going to this person's going to be a little bit more than just a social media connection they're going to be a really good friend and you're just going to allow the unfolding to happen without demonizing how many followers you have I'm like I said to Gary my partner I might have a hundred and something followers but the potency of those followers if you go have a look it's like I'd rather have a pool of potent as fuck followers than 10,000 followers. That yeah. I don't even know. Uh, I so feel you on what, how you described um, like the relationship unfolding with like you and Britt, for example. I feel like social media can get such a bad rap sometimes. And honestly, it's, it's how you use it. You know, if you use it to to just watch other people and feel bad about yourself, 
well, that's the relationship and that's the energy you're going to get. Um, but I feel like there is an on, there is definitely an unlimited opportunity to connect with the most aligned people for you and kind of back to the beginning of this conversation. Like it really comes back to your own true alignment and in, in who you are and what you're offering. So that when you do kind of meet that connection on social media, they see you and you see them for truly who you are and what you believe in. And, and it can be really quick and fast that connection, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I just love this conversation around social media being such like a beautiful and, um, like truly the tool it's meant to be. I think it's veered off or people have allowed it to veer off. But um, I think when you do come back to like, okay, those core hundred people, like who do I want those core hundred people to be? Well, are you the person that there are, are, if that person comes to your social media, are they going to see you for who you truly are? Are they going to see someone else and not be attracted to that? Because you know, you're putting out something that is a little bit of a distortion of who you are. And I'm not saying faking, I'm just saying not really settling into the truth of who you are and, and, and what you're offering, you know? So, um, I love that. And I, I just, yeah, I just feel like social media can be such a really, um, quick and powerful and potent way to have like direct connection for the people that are truly meant for you. And, and it, it's a really good feeling. And I think a lot of people have kind of negative feelings about social media, even though they're on it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's also, again, it's, it's energy exchange. It's like, right. are you creating? Are you, then? like I always say now with my, my, my wild creative, it's like, wild creative is not to follow a million people. It's to create. Yeah. So that, in, that, in that retrospect, I will be attracting creators. Yeah. No, like when you put when you are just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, you are also receiving stalkers. Like if you're not you're stalking, so you're gonna receive stalking, you know. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's but it is, it's like cause and effect. And I really had to step aside and go, okay, I'm just gonna create and see how it goes. And it's going fucking pretty well, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you the same perspective that you do and that I do and, and about sort of like being the conduit for your work and that you're kind of stepped back and you're like the perspective holder of the entity. You can think of social media that way too. Social media isn't me. It's like the field of work that I am a part of, you know? So I think sometimes when we remove the identity and the ego from the thing we're like oh okay now I can settle into the actual thing that I want to say <laughs> or be the person that I actually am um yeah it's kind of a mind fuck right <laughs> I think we're gonna see so many beautiful ways in which social media is going to be I suppose what's the word resurrected from being so demonized for the last I'd say you're in the, in, in, you know, the spiritual realm. I feel like it's a beautiful place. It's mm. just, what are you, what are you willing to put in the field of your social media and what are you willing to go and look for as well? Yeah. And what are you willing to stop putting in there that you've been putting in because it's just default. I mean, some of us have been on Instagram for close to 10 years now, 
you know, and, yeah. and the way you would yeah. communicate and the people you would communicate with then aren't you now, you know, yeah. and are you speaking to the friend from middle school that you never speak to? Because that's what feels like is, you know, that's where you feel most judged. Is that the person you're talking to? Or is it the vision and the creator that you want to call in that hasn't found you yet? Yeah, exactly. That's a big fucking energy difference right there. Massive. And you know, it's funny, I posted something um, yesterday about like coming out, you know, coming out as this, um, this, this new identity. And I lost a couple followers not that I was counting, but I always, always, I'm like, wow, new, new identity, a shift. People are most probably like, cool, not for me. And I'm like, great. That means the energetic is it's working. Yeah. Like it's moving people in or out of the field. And I love that. I love that too. In fact, before we got on our call right now, I actually, um, because I, I recently sent out like a new kind of welcome series of emails to my email list, um, that, yeah. you know, are sort of representative of, of the shift I'm in now. And, and again, we're always evolving. We're always, it's always our job to attune to our highest alignment. And so I, I sent out like, you know, a five part email series that sort of is, um, just welcoming people into that. Um, not in like a direct way, like I've shifted and here's what I'm doing, but just sort of (laughs) allowing them to see me for who I actually am right now. And what I checked um, before um, random, I don't know why, but before um, we hopped on this recording, I actually went and looked to see how many people unsubscribed. And I actually was really, and I, I'm not just saying this to say this, I was really um, happy to see that there were some unsubscribes because I want the people who are not aligned with where I'm at right now to just peacefully and gracefully go oh elsewhere. God. You know, like, and I'm not saying I'm not for everyone as in like an like F you, you're in or you're out, but it's like people change, people evolve. And if you're not with me right here, right now, that's lovely. And I'm so happy that you are so clear that I'm not for you right now so that you can make space for the one, the person who is. Totally. Totally. You know what, like rather you be out of someone's inbox and fall in a dead inbox, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, so where to shift a little bit into like inspiration, where or what inspires you? And do you have any, you know, I'm all about nature, as you know, you said you love the beach. Do you have any specific landscapes or places, even if you haven't been there in a long time or if it's not near you that really inspire you that you kind of go to or call on? Yeah, so I'm a big traveler. Uh, How I landed up in Australia was I decided to go backpacking Southeast Asia and then, you know, was like wherever I'm going to land up. So I would say Southeast Asia, specifically Vietnam. I'm a sucker for markets, like anything like different um, vision, like different things to see. People have like talking, culture, like so Vietnam is one of my most inspirational places. I hope one day to go open up something in Hoi An. Um, It's, yeah, my partner and I, he does quite a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So we see rumors probably open up like a beautiful, um, like luxury um, health hub Mm. in Hoi An, uh, which would be fun as fuck to design. Um, But yeah, like people, it's, it's really interesting because... I really love like people like Pippa Hart. I don't know if you know Pippa Hart. She's got this beautiful house over the east. 
that she uses as obviously their house, but she's decked it up in the most beautiful way that people actually hire it for shoot locations. And I'm like, Philip, that's really cool. And that might not sound like super inspirational, but it's like these ideas from other women that are doing things differently in the realm of creativity, you know, is, is, is big for me. So, you know, I think travel's always been super big in terms of inspiration, but currently that's not happening for me. So, you know, um, I'm quite random. I will go to the shops like a random store and just go and look at shelves and be in the immersion of the response of whatever's coming up for me. Obviously I ground in nature. I do love nature, but I do love the evolving black off that shelf changed or they've put that new product there. I just love looking at the revolving door of shopping centers. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it sounds so random, but during COVID, I was like, just take me to a Kmart, which is very similar to a Target. I won't <laughs> buy anything. Just give me $5. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, all the odds and sods and the little finicky little things that I could can look at. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. And I feel like you can even, as you're looking at some of those shelves, you can be like, I wonder if the person, whether it's the person in the actual store or the person at corporate who gave them the plan for that layout of the shelf, like, what was their intention? What are they trying to evoke? What are they trying to, you know, what are they trying to share and show people through how this detergent is displayed? Yeah, and, and sometimes it's not like that. It's sometimes it's like, we need to sell this shit to people, you know, yeah. like, I'm just got to be honest for some yeah. people. And, you know, I ask, I ask my clients that as well. I'm like, is this just for money or is there a heart behind it? Like, tell me, because I want the honesty. I don't mind, you know, like, you know, I do work on a lot of organic, ethical, um, high-frequency brands that are here to bring the, like, heaven on earth. That, yeah. That's the type of brands I love to work on and with clients. So when you're like, just money, I'm like, cool. Like, the money's for the collective. I'm totally chilled with that, but straight up, let's just mm-hmm. be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And For anyone, you know, as you've described this journey, you've kind of gone through this um, shift recently. It's been, you know, in some, in a lot of ways, probably a very long feeling shift, but in some ways, like a snap of a finger quick. Um, So what would you say to someone who's feeling like they are kind of on the precipice of, of some sort of change or shift or um, upgrade? What would you, what would you say to them if for someone in that space right now? Trust the divine timing and the rhythm of your life, but also don't take a back seat waiting for the universe to bring you something. Go and action things that are making you feel expansive. Go and create action steps to the future vision of yourself. So what does she look like? You know, really start to take small leaps, you know, potentially it's buy a laptop that that's yours and not a work laptop that you can start designing on. What are these small steps that she would do for the big vision that you're looking at, you know, um, is it just starting a Pinterest board of this woman? But, you know, it has to be aligned action steps. You can't just be like, cool, divine timing. I'm waiting for the universe to bring me something. If you've already got the vision and know where you want to be, that's already enough. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, before we wrap up, um, anything coming up for you on the horizon projects, things that you want to share? Yeah, Wildfoot Creative is um, 
yeah, she's happening. So if you feel like this has really tugged on you for your brand and where you're going, I also plan on bringing out an intuitive creative mastermind. So working with creatives on how to enter the field and be with creations um, mm-hmm. was probably in the next two months. So if that is something you're creative and you're like, wow, that's really resonated with me, but I don't know how to do the thing or, you know, I really resonate with what Jane's saying. I want to teach people how to do that because I believe if we're going to allow creations to come through, we also need more conduits. Like we can't just have more designers or more producers. We need people who really want to be conduits for creation. And then, yeah, if you've got a brand that's pulling on your heart to work with me, please do it now because I'm trusting I'm going to be fully booked for the next six months. Wow. Yeah. Where can people find you? Instagram, website, where can they connect? Yes, so um, Wildfoot Creative Agency on Instagram and then my website, Jenna Guihen, so J-E-N-N-A and then Guihen, G-U-I-H-E-N.com forward slash Wild Creative. Awesome. Wildfoot Creative, there we go. Yeah, so come and find me if we're be hard. Yeah, definitely go check her out on Instagram. Her website, your branding obviously is beautiful, captivating, <laughs> fun. Definitely one thing that I wanted to mention with you is I just feel like there's such an element of fun and excitement in what you're doing right now. And I think that is a hundred percent, absolutely a part of the attractor field that you are emanating and bringing in right now. So I just want to celebrate you. I'm so proud of you. I love everything you're doing. Um, I can't wait to work with you one day. And, um, yeah. So I always like to end um, my podcast recordings with a couple of rapid fire nature inspired questions. They're quick and easy. Okay. Are you ready? I love it. Yes, okay. I'm ready. Tell me. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Underwater or on the ground? Underwater for sure. Stargazing or sunbathing? Stargazing. Colorful landscape or earth tones? Colorful landscape. And the coast or the mountains? Oh, coast. (laughs) You know what is so fascinating? Ours are exactly opposite. (laughs) (laughs) That's so hilarious. You like, I felt that when you're like, (laughs) um, so good. What's your, what are are your, what's your sign? Oh, so I'm a Pisces. I knew it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely very Pisces. A lot of my designs look quite Aquarian, um, but it's like a mixture of, I reckon, Pisces and Aquarian. And then I have a Gemini moon and mm. a Taurian rising. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. Capricorn, Sun, Aries, Moon, Aquarius rising. Oh, I love Aquarius. So we're so very different, but complementary, I think. Exactly. It's been so beautiful being on here. I so appreciate this. Yes. You too, my love. I will talk to you soon. And thanks so much. The cart for nature as ceremony is open. You guys, when I tell you that I have been dreaming up this space and this program for over a year, I tell you, I mean it. And I am so excited to offer it starting April 6th. It's a four-week live gathering for visionaries and creatives. It's an inward retreat to bring your genius into fruition by regrounding into your true nature. And I like to think of it as a cocoon to nurture your creativity, 
It'll be a ceremonial container where solitude and slowness are celebrated. And it's a seasonal space this spring to commune with nature to receive your clearest, most connected, creative downloads. And in union with an intimate community who values the same. I invite you to join me for nature ceremony. Cart closes Thursday, March 31st. And you can learn more at MeredithEwinson.com slash nature as ceremony. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Daily Regrounding Podcast. If you loved it, I would be so grateful for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening, as well as share with a friend. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, MeredithEwinson.com and have a look at my current nature-inspired meditation, mindfulness, and movement offerings. I'd love for you to connect with me on Instagram at MeredithEwinson. Thanks again for listening. And remember, with just one breath, one moment of awareness, or one step into nature, you can reground 